When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football is right around the corner. Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game and receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase Croshaw with me today. Chase, how you doing? Doing pretty good overall. Uh, been been a pretty decent last couple of days for me. Looking forward to the holiday weekend. Going to go spend some time at the cottage, get on the water a little bit before the season's ending. Uh, doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good as well. Aside from butchering the start of the show, which you guys won't hear. I'll make sure to go edit that out. But playing with some new equipment today because uh, recently we have upgraded and uh, we did this so that we wouldn't have to edit as much and sure enough I messed it up right in the beginning but I'm super excited to start using all this equipment we got a new producing board with some sound bites and everything that we can put in there uh, a brand new microphone for me as well and Chase I haven't told you yet but we've got a studio coming here in the basement that we're going to be soundproofing and getting a recording button or uh light that is going to be above the room so that we can just flip that on when we're recording and it's going to be a lot of fun so really excited to see what we get going here with all of the new equipment it's been a big investment on my end but i'm excited to do so so it'll be fun yeah it's it's super cool stuff i you know i'm excited to, to check it out hopefully i can get a look at it tomorrow or i think we're going to do wmp in person just so like i or i mean even if not in person i just want to at least come try to get a look at it real quick um Seems pretty cool. It's definitely fun stuff. It's going to make just both our shows much, much better going forward. A little bit better uh, listen for you guys. 
So hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's going to make things a little bit smoother, add a little more pizzazz, I guess. I don't know. I guess that's the word I'll use. Absolutely. And on today's Bolts broadcast, we're going to be talking about a super strange situation that happened in the sports world. We'll talk about that first. After that, we're going to be talking about Montreal and their current situation with the Kakaniemi stuff. Uh, and then contract extensions around the league. And then Chase was able to play the Chow Beta a little bit. So we'll talk to him about that, get his initial thoughts. But we're going to hop into the little weird situation, weird scandal, as the football world was kind of left shocked when a apparent high school from Ohio was not actually a high school. Yeah, if you haven't seen the story by now, then you're probably not very tuned into social media or just the sports world in general. But it's, it's a crazy story nonetheless, so we really want to talk about it. Bishop Sycamore is supposedly a high school based out of Ohio, uh, kind of like a private prep almost type of school. They ended up on ESPN on Sunday. They were playing IMG Academy, which is one of the, if not the best, high school football teams in the country. They openly recruit. They've got, uh, since they're like an academy prep school, they can have kids that are 19, 20 years old. So, you know, they've got some older guys coming out of college that are coming out of high school into college that way. So they're an older team. They're super talented. Um, pretty much their whole schooling is just centered around training you to be a professional athlete, whether it be football or soccer, whatever the hell they got. They got a whole lot of sports there. So uh, supposedly this Bishop Sycamore school, they they said they had, you know, a handful of top recruits to ESPN. Um, somehow they got IMG to play them and ESPN didn't do enough due diligence. They're like, all right, you know what? For sure. We're, we're, we'll get this game on TV, get the game scheduled. Game day comes around. Bishop Sycamore. Handsome, this really janky roster, um, not even like a depth chart, just like a roster broken on by position. No numbers uh, for the players. Half the players, you know, names weren't even right. They go out in the field. They look like shit. Just from the second they ran out on the field, it was embarrassing. They got absolutely mollywopped by IMG. Uh, 55 to nothing, I think is what this final score was. And as they're you know going on the broadcast, the announcers are saying things like, you know, I, I've I don't know what to say about the team. I have no information. We did not do our due diligence. We did not properly research beforehand. Uh, if we would have known that the team was what they were, we would not have scheduled this game to happen. And, you know, sure enough, it all comes out afterwards that it's not a real school. These are literal adults that just got destroyed by these kids. Like these are grown men, like a father just tore his ACL playing high school football. Uh, it, their head coach has warrants out for his arrest. Uh, it's just an absolute shit show. Something that I can't believe was gone away with in 2021. I am surprised that ESPN, at least from what I've seen, I haven't seen people going at ESPN enough because if you're in the media world, you got to do your due diligence. You got to look into stuff. And if you personally don't look into the things, then shit like this can happen. I, you can't take someone's word for it when it comes to doing your own research and, and journalism and everything like that. So I'm surprised. I haven't seen a lot of ESPN hate. I think people are just more still shocked that this was actually a thing. Uh, but yeah, crazy, especially the fact that the coach is apparently not a great guy and has some crazy stuff happening. And then, yeah, I, I saw that the youngest players are like junior college uh, enrollees or whatever. So I, I think it's absolutely crazy. Do a better job, ESPN. It was bad. Like, I, I sent you a video on TikTok. I don't know if you watched it or not. But, you know, more and more subject keeps coming out about the ridiculousness. You know, like, first, 
players, you know, like some guys were living with the coach or like being moved down to like these random ass, like shitty houses. They were shown this, you know, crazy practice facility, told they'd be on Netflix. They were going to have all this exposure and that like, I don't like promise all these random things to some of these random people. And sure enough, they get there, they're practicing in the middle of the city, some random ass, like not even like a football field, just like a, like a lawn they're practicing on. Those facilities aren't there. They're going to be on Netflix, but for the wrong fucking reason. Um, it's like the, the shit, the lo- like levels it got to was just unreal. And then another, another thing, the coach was literally using plays he got off of Madden. That was their playbook. They didn't practice very oh, no. much. They played two games in three days, played in Friday in Pennsylvania, played Sunday in Ohio using a fucking Madden playbook. First of all, you can't play two games in three days of football. It's just not allowed, especially in high school. You can't, you're not supposed to really play too often on Sundays either. It's weird that, that they do that. But anyway, that doesn't matter. The fact that he literally pulled a fucking Madden playbook out there and ran those plays. Uh, you know, he, he was probably running a lot of clown posts because I know that's, that's a Madden play. And that's really what that was on the fucking field. Just a clown show. It, it really is just the craziest thing I've like seen in the sports world. Hopefully he doesn't use a Madden 22 playbook because those playbooks are <laughs> ass. At least I mean, the ones that I've used so far. I mean, defensively, the way they got worked, probably just you know, using using that Madden uh, like zones at the zone coverage that you just throw over top and it's just game over every time. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's it's crazy. If, if you don't know the situation, uh, Urinating Tree just made a video about it. I wasn't able to watch it, but I did see it right before coming on the pod. And uh, he's a funny guy. He's more of a uh, he's more of a comedy channel rather than like actual information. But he does throw in real information there. So definitely check out Urinating Trees video. And then I know Flemlo Raps. He's coming out with one as well. Flemlo Raps, one of our favorite YouTubers. Chase, did you see his most recent YouTube video about? Um, I don't remember the guy's name, but the two players at the University of Miami and allegedly one killed the other. Yeah, I, I did. Crazy. Yeah, I I watched that last night and. Wow, what a story. He, he does such a good job with his videos, so make sure to check him out, and his Sycamore, um, Bishop Sycamore video will be coming out here soon, I believe. But, Chase, let's move on to some hockey stuff. Uh, Montreal, unlikely to match Kakaniemi's qualifying offer. We knew that, but now they got to be in the market for finding another player to replace his type of role, and they're looking. Yeah, so... Um, you know, we're going to talk about some signings here coming up, but they just recently resigned Ryan Paling. He's going to get a real opportunity to step up and get a decent role with the team. Uh, but other than that, they're exploring the trade options. Jack Eichel's highly unlikely, so don't, you know, even like think about that. But a very real name that seems to be out there is Christian Dvorak. Seems that Montreal is pretty interested in him. Well, you know, why not? He's just another American player. They want all the Americans they can get in their French speaking province for whatever reason. I don't understand. But, the, you know, they're looking for someone to fill that kind of center role now that they have Kakanemi and Dano gone. And Dvorak can fit, fit that role. He's a pretty solid two-way forward. Got some offensive ability. Pretty solid defensive guy, too. So it, it would make sense. Uh, you know, and maybe there's some talk with Hurdle out there. Hurdle apparently is not happy, uh, does not want to be in San Jose if Evander Kane is still around there. Um, just Things are just a, a mess right now in, in San Jose, and Hurdle seems to be a guy who could be out. He's a criminally underrated player. He's one of the best analytic players in the league. He is a very strong two-way player. He's a good play driver offensively. He is a shutdown guy defensively. Uh, he's a, He actually is a hard player to replace analytically, and I think we would see that with the Sharks, and wherever he ends up, they would get a pretty decent bump. So uh, regardless, you know, if Montreal were to go trade for one of these guys, it would definitely kind of help their situation. 
they could take these picks they're getting in return for Kakanyi. I mean, if they can tr- if they can turn those picks into hurdle, I mean, I think that ends up being a win for them anyway. I love Christian Dvorak. He is a good old American boy. Got to see him in World Juniors, and ever since, I've absolutely loved him. Unfortunately, he hasn't had the best career in Arizona, but has been one of their better players, that's for sure. Uh, when it comes to Tomas Hurdle, I feel like over the past three years, really, he just kind of seemed like he just hasn't really fit in San Jose. And it doesn't really seem like anyone's really fit in San Jose because of how poor they've been. But I, I've always felt like Hurdle belongs somewhere else. I'd rather it not be Montreal, but if that's the case, it's still better than San Jose. Yeah, I, I think the fit is there in Montreal. He would play the kind of game that Montreal does right now anyway, which is like a it's a pretty healthy mix of offense and defense. They, they've got enough skill guys where they can uh, kind of try to drive some offense, but they're also going to focus on, you know, keeping pucks away from Carey Price, you know, let him make like the big saves that he can, but try not to make him make two, three, four saves in a row. So like hurdle is, is the perfect type of center to fit that role. I, I could definitely see it working out quite well there and him really becoming the number one center at the end of the day. I, I think Suzuki's pretty talented. But I think Hurdle would just do everything they want and, and maybe fight him for that type of role. So if they were to get him in some way, I think that'd be the perfect deal. And I think it just add to another or this one of these moves would add to an already super exciting offseason. So to see this happen would be really fun for a lot of the fans. And I'm sure Montreal fans would be ecstatic for it. But I'm really trying to get to the point where we know that Cockney for sure has been on Carolina. And then I want to see what their social media team has done. Because we've seen what they've done over the past couple of days. What are they going to do when they actually get Kakaniemi? Yeah, hopefully something fun because it it has been enjoyable. Absolutely. Well, Chase, let's move on to contract extensions. Uh, There's been some that we kind of hinted at over the past couple of episodes, but we haven't really dove deep into the numbers. And when I'm saying that, I'm really referring to Andrei Svechnikov. When we were talking about Kakaniemi in the last episode, I said, well, Svechnikov He's got a new lawn deal, so Kakaniemi's going to be able to play with him for a little bit. So um, will they be able to spark some magic? And Kakaniemi could get a long-term deal with Carolina. Maybe, maybe not. But Svechnikov, he did sign an eight-year deal worth just south of $7 million. $8 million, sorry. Yeah, so I, I want to bring up him and Sean Couturier signed the exact same contract, exact same term, exact same salary. So they're both getting $7.75 a year, eight years. Um, and I just kind of want to group them together because of like how similar contracts are and kind of different type of players. So Svechkov is a young budding superstar. He's got the potential to be one of the best players. If, if, you know, not the best goal scorer in the league, he has the size, he has the ability, he has some proven production already. And at 21 years old to show what he has thus far, it's definitely a very promising sign for the future. I think it's a very, very fair contract signing, and in a couple of years, it could easily look like one of the best values in the league, kind of a Nathan McKinnon type of thing from a couple of years ago. You know, his he only got paid 6.3 for like five, six years, whatever the hell it was, that, and still is on, on that salary, if I'm not mistaken. That's a cheap-ass contract that's worked out really well. Things to be the same type of thing as Fetchikov. You go to Sean Couturier, you know, he's 28 years old. Eight years is a little long for a guy that age, but another analytics darling, Sean Couturier, he is an absolutely dominant two-way player he's one of the best easily top five two-way player in the league he is incredibly strong defensively and provides well 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 above average offensively too um i think these are actually both very good contracts completely different types of contracts you know they're the exact same salary you know two different types of players completely different stages in their careers but i do think they're both good contracts i agree sean couture over the last two three years has really stepped into that patrice bergeron atmosphere and he's been very good 
It's just the term of it that scares me a little bit. Like you said, he's he's not old yet, but this contract will push him until I think 34 or 35 years old. Is he going to be able to keep it up at that point? Or no, even older. It would be 36, 36. 37 years old, somewhere in there. Because yeah. on uh, Cap Friendly right now, it's saying he's 29. But okay. either way, Sean Couturier, a great player right now. And for the next at least four or five years, I would say he's going to make that contract look really good. Andrei Svechnikov, when looking at his deal, I absolutely love it. And even when comparing those two, like the potential Svechnikov has makes me just like his contract way more than Couturier's, even though it's the same exact deal. Yeah, you know, that, that's fair. I understand that because like Couturier's value is he's probably worth another extra million, a million and a half than he's getting paid. And right now, Svechkov is probably getting paid what he is actually worth just based on what he's produced so far. But he could easily produce as, you know, a top three player in the league. He, he has that ability in him. He he has the potential to reach that. So if he can become even a top 10 guy in the league consistently, I mean, this this contract's nothing. It's incredibly cheap, especially once the, you know, the salary starts going up a little more, too. Like, this ain't going to be shit. I mean, it really isn't even that much right now. Like, it, it's obviously a decent chunk of change. But for a superstar player, it really isn't that bad at all. So it, it is a great value for Carolina. He's still getting his money, but it really is a great value for him. For sure. Well, Chase, let's go over three guys who got a decent deal that haven't really proven much in the NHL so far. That'd be Ryan Paling, Eli Tolvanen, and Dylan Doobie. Um, what are your thoughts on these three contracts? So I'm going to kind of go in order here based on the names you said. Ryan Pandling's making seven fifty a year on average. I mean, that ain't shit. That is obviously, you know, a, a perfect contract for a guy who's still got to prove his worth in, in the NHL. You know, seven fifty a year, two-year deal, $1.5 million. That is so low risk for Montreal. It's a perfect type of signing. Good for him because it's not, you know, holding him down too long. He could easily come in and be a, you know, a very strong 40 to 55, 60 point scorer. I think he has that ability. So that contract's fair for now while he's trying to transition full-time to the NHL. Moving on to Eli Tolvanen. When you realize that a three-year contract worth 4.35 a year is total and not his average salary, you think, holy shit, good on you, Dave Hoyle, because Eli Tolvin is yet to become a stud uh, in 5-on-5, but he is a superstar in the power play. He is very useful. He, he's a very high shot volume guy in the power play, but he does have a pretty high conversion rate. He's still super young. He shows a lot of promise. He's someone who can become a pretty strong scorer in this league, a, a 60-70 point guy every year. And just to get this, you know, right now when he's really going to be reaching into his prime, it's a cheap-ass deal. I love it. And then Dylan Dubé, 2.3, I think, is another pretty good deal, too. I think he's more of that, like, three-and-a-half range. He's, uh, you know, got some offense to him. He, he's a good two-way type guy, work hard, do kind of everything you need out of him. So to get him at 2.3 for three years, you know, 6.9 total, nice. I, I really think all three of these contracts are just home run signings by these franchises. And I got to say, I think that Nashville had the perfect situation with Eli Tolvanen because he really hasn't played much up to this point. And I remember the couple months after he was drafted, uh, everyone was talking, man, this guy should not have been a 30th overall pick. This guy should have been a much higher pick. He's looking like an absolute stud. He's going to come over and absolutely light it up. He didn't necessarily do that. He kind of struggled a little bit in his first year or two. And then really he took his big step this past year, 40 games, 22 points. So it was a perfect situation because he hasn't proven enough to get those big bucks, but you can see the talent and signing him to a nice 
cheap deal, only north of one million a year, is really good. It's it's another Svechnikov type situation, but less term and less money. Yeah, and it's really exactly what Nashville needs. They don't hit very well in their forwards. I mean, really, since the beginning of their franchise, they've never really had a true superstar forward that's stuck with the team. So Tolvanen's really got the potential to be that guy. To get him at this value while he's still developing and, like, he could hit this year. Like, it, it's very legitimate. You know, at the age of 22 with previous NHL experience, guys hit at this age all the time. So, you know, 22, 23 years old this season. Um, I don't think his contract extended kicks until the following year, too. So, really, he's got kind of four years at really at cheap value. Like, if, if he hits right away, it's literally the best contract in the NFL. If he's a 50-point guy every year, it is the best contract in the NHL because that is just so cheap and he's like free production at that point point. and chase we saw carson lambos he got signed just uh about a week ago and now we see that dylan gunther he gets signed as well a first round pick for the arizona coyotes and again they had a trade up to get that first round pick because they did not have one themselves because they're dirty cheaters but dylan gunther signing with the coyotes does this mean anything for this year in the nhl i don't think so I don't think it's impossible for him to play in the NHL right away. I think if he were to go to Arizona, he would pretty much prove that he's capable of playing their top nine. But would he play in most other teams' top nines? I don't think so right now. He, he's he got a solid two-way game. He has goal-scoring ability. He's got some good offensive talent. He's never going to be a superstar. So I have, you know, like, no issue at all. It, it, even if he's, like, borderline ready, just send him back to junior. Let him develop. Because if he can kind of outproduce what I expect of him, you know, that'd be ideal because I think he can just be a, like a good, not great type of player. So to throw him in the NHL 18, if he's not truly hundred percent ready, you know, wouldn't be worth it. But if I really had to, you know, pick out a names that might be able to do it, he would be in that list of three or four guys that could do it right now. And it definitely helps that he'd be going to Arizona, a team that really lacks the, the depth and the high end scoring that, Hey, he could possibly bring, even though he's a super young player, we've seen the skill. Maybe he can do it. We'll have to wait and see. But Chase, before we get into the Islander signings, let's talk about Colton Pareko, a guy who, I mean, looking at this deal and looking at his deal specifically compared to the other deals we've seen for certain defensemen in the offseason, this is a steal. Yeah, it's a pretty good value. Uh, eight years is obviously long term, as we mentioned with Sean Couturier. They're the same age, uh, you know, going to be 28, 29 this year. So it is a bit long, but at the end of the day, he's earned his money he's earned the contract he's gonna make 52 million dollars over the eight years it is a pretty pretty fair deal i, I think st louis ends up winning in this one um you know by, by the time the contract's at you know near the end he's gonna be falling off not worth the money of course happens every single time a long contract is signed I sh- or i should say 99.9 percent of times it, it's very rare that it doesn't so it, it you know he's at one point at some point he's gonna end up falling off it is what it is but, you know, for five, six years, that could really be, you know, great value for a tremendous production. It's a good signing. Yeah, and you can tell me I'm wrong if you want, but I think getting a player like Colton Pareko for $3 million less per year than a Darnell Nurse or a Zach Wierenski or a Seth Jones, I think that's awesome for St. Louis, especially because we know they have a decent defense room, defenseman room and uh, they've they've got some other players that can really produce around him too. So I I might take Pareko if Pareko is making Nurse money. Nurse is making Pareko money, honestly. Anyway, so like to to get Pareko at this value is fantastic. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the New York Islanders. They had four big signings today: Palmieri, Bellavo, Sazikas, and Sorokin. 
And right off the bat, let's talk about the goaltender. I've seen some uh, not great reactions to his deal, uh, specifically talking about his first year as a full-time starter. Didn't really go too hot, so people weren't too keen on the idea of paying him $4 million for the next three years. And he wasn't really like a full-time starter. He was like a part-time starter. Um, he was below average pretty, like pretty much throughout the year. He showed some signs of improvement, but really below average you know, through and through. But he's got the ability. Um, he's got a proven track record at a very high league in the KHL. And making that transition from goalie from the KHL to the NHL, if you're that talent, it's not a very hard transition. So it's really just finding his footing, getting used to the system that's being played because, you know, systems are a little different over there in Russia with the bigger ice, different type of skill players. And the Islanders play just a, such a unique defensive system anyway. So just getting used to that system and the type of shots and opportunities you're going to face, um, you know, I think this is a good adjustment year for him. I think he's going to outperform that value at $4 million a year over the next three years. I really do. All right. Well, Islanders fans, if they're listening at all, they should be pretty happy about that. Uh, I saw that his wins above replacement last year was at 42%. So kind of struggling there. But uh, if you think he takes that next step, that would be huge for the Islanders. Let's talk and about the forwards now. Real, real quick before we move on, like 42% for a very young goalie into the league, not necessarily age-wise, but just like for his experience in the NHL. That's such an improvable number to, to have that, you know, as, as your you know, first few like seasons in the league. That that's that's such an improvable analytic number that like it, he's bound to go up. It would be very shocking if he didn't. All right. Talk about the forwards now. Casey Sezikas, Anthony Bellavo, Kyle Palmi- Palmieri, all guys that are very New York Islanders. I, I should have put Anthony Beauvillier for hockey name of the day since you're Bellavo. showing the saying over there. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it's it's guys who uh, two of them provide some offense, but provide great defense. One only provides defense and grit type thing. But regardless, Palmieri, they trade him for, for him at the deadline. I'm happy they're able to resign him because if they would not have resigned him, it would have been a completely waste of, of a trade. Uh, they didn't really give him the right playing time in the playoffs. You know, this regular season, I think he's bound to have some better puck luck. He didn't have great puck luck last year. Honestly, he shot well below his career average for a shooting percentage. So if he can improve on that, uh, he'll provide a little more offensively. Anthony Beauvillier is still a young guy in the league, only 24, 25. Um, you know, to get 4.15 a year, I think is a pretty solid deal. It's only a three-year deal. Um, he's got plenty of time to prove that he's worth that. Maybe he's worth more. Uh, when it comes up for his next contract, he'll be a UFA. We'll, we'll see if he ends up resigning in the island in the Isles or not. And then finally, Casey Zizekas, you know, six-year deal is a little long for the type of player that he is. You know, it's kind of like the Brandon Tanov contract in Pittsburgh. I hated that in the offseason. This is a million dollars less for a player I would want more than Brandon Tanov, though. So I don't completely hate it. But six years at 30 years old for like a fourth line, maybe third line type of guy is a little much for me. I'm honestly shocked. I thought Casey Zizekas was going to get north of six million. Just like, uh, I don't know, every single other Islanders player, J.G. Pajot. You got um, Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, all those guys getting so much money. Anders Lee. Um so I honestly thought Casey Zizekas as one of those guys that they were very fond of. I thought he was going to get north of six million, but they played it, you know, somewhat smart and didn't do that because that would have put them in a huge hole. And I wouldn't have been complaining, but I'm sure a lot of their fans would be. Oh yeah, for no shit they would. But this this signing, like value wise, it is it's pretty solid value. This is about probably what I would pay Zizekas in this range, so it, it definitely works out well. All right, Chase. Well, let's finally talk about the NHL 22 beta. Uh, you got a beta code. I didn't, even though I signed up, so that's cool. And then uh, instead of 
wasting my time and actually reaching out to people. You sent me a link and it was a guy giving, it was Clappy giving out codes. So I replied to that and still didn't get a code, but you know, it's whatever. I'm not too worried about it. I was busy playing Smite and you know doing fun stuff, but I do want to know your initial thoughts on NHL 22. It was basically just world of Chell. How much did you play? Did you like it? Did you not like it? And then give me a rating out of like a hundred. Okay. Um, well, I mean, it's not just basically world of Chell. It's only world of Chell. So it's just kind of, I thought of there was that- head to head. No, there's no head-to-head. Okay. It's just World of Chell. I wish it was head-to-head because that's how I'd play more than World of Chell because that's really where I want, want to get the true feel of gameplay. But regardless, I've seen a lot of people complaining about the gameplay, and I don't really understand why. Um, maybe it's because they're on the old gen or something, but the new gen, it feels great. Like the, It feels completely different than, than the last few Ch- Chell games. It feels a lot smoother. Your guys don't feel clunky. Their skating animations look real. Um, physics feel a little better. They're... They're still not like real life. It's hard to kind of emulate that, so I understand, but they could definitely find ways to improve them, and hopefully they do over time. But in terms of gameplay-wise, I actually do enjoy it. The system, I don't mind actually what they, they put in. You know, I, I was hoping it was going to be a true like progression-style system. I know you were as well, kind of back in NHL 14 style where you got to work to get every attribute. It's not quite the same. It's, it's a little different. Um, You know, now that there's X-Factors and Superstar Abilities type stuff, you're really just leveling your guy up and then you unlock different type of X factors, kind of like how the boost work last time around where you could like unlock two and apply them to your guy and you're good to go. It's like that, but you get one X factor, then you get two like main abilities and two side abilities. You get five total abilities, which kind of help change your attributes and stuff. And then there's five different categories where you can take points away from one attribute, add them to another. So like you can make your guy fast. You know, I have a power forward who he's six, six two twenty, and he still has like 84 speed. And I have a sniper who's like six one, Made him 160, made him nice and light. He skates like 93 speed, has his shot in the high 80s. Um, like it, you can still make your guys, you know, pretty strong, powerful, and it's gonna keep him from being too OP. You know, like my passing is down, and passing really matters in this game. The attributes you can tell definitely do matter. Like I had a power forward at first who was passing with 77, and he couldn't make a, a pass up the ice, couldn't make a pass out of the zone. So attributes truly do matter in this game. Um, it's still like skill involved and stuff too, but the attributes definitely make a difference. I actually don't mind it though. I thought it was gonna be a little worse than it was overall experience wise. Um, I'm happier than I thought it was going to be. I would give it a like 78 out of a hundred. So, you know, that's a, that's a C plus it's a passing grade. It's an, it's enjoyable to play. There's still stuff to improve on. You know, I, I haven't been able to play clubs cause I don't have anybody else. Uh, any of my friends that have a series X that have the beta. So I don't have anybody to play clubs with. So I don't have any experience for that. So that kind of, you know, bumps it down a little bit. Um, and just, I also would, I like a little more customization with the traits and stuff too. That's kind of what hurts the grade a little more. I've seen people around the same grade that you gave. So it's very interesting to see. Also two things for you. Nasher said that he tried to trip people for about four hours and never got a tripping call. What is there tripping for you? Have you tripped anyone? And then secondly, how does the X factor work? You have to, like unlock it just like you do in Madden where you got to do certain things or is it just inherently there already in your build? So first point uh, with the tripping, I did get one trade penalty. It was bullshit. I was pissed. Like the, like I was nowhere near his feet. I, I, I should have gotten puck. I, I, I was pissed, but um, that was the only time I've really seen it other than when a guy just literally dove at my legs. Of course, you need to trip me on that one. Other than that, that's the only two trip penalties I've seen. And then the X factors, um, you know, for example, the power forward one, uh, the, the, the trait was called big, the big rig. And I think what it was, was like, you drive the net hard. You don't like, you won't lose control of the puck and, um, you'll be able to fight guys off better. So you can like actually get a shot driving the net like that. Um, 
and to unlock it, you had to just have a point in the game is what it was. And then all the other like side abilities, they were just kind of like small attribute boosts that, boost that were automatically in there. So the X Factor, you know, it was get a point or score a goal if, if it was a goal scorer thing, get an assist if it was a playmaker thing. If it's a grinder, unfortunately, it's probably, you know, a couple hits or a fight or something. But there is uh, a little thing you got to like do to unlock it. Okay, that's cool. I, I'm interested in seeing how all that works, especially the grinders and enforcers, because I would have thought power forward, you would have like if you laid the body like four times, five times, then you would have been able to unlock the ability. But scoring a point, that makes sense. Um, interesting. I'm excited to get my hands on the game, but at the same time, I'm cautiously optimistic. I've been heartbroken by NHL multiple times. Uh, also, I think we should talk about Nasher. He tweeted out, do you think that NHL 22 could go without hockey ultimate team? Kind of like how NHL 15 went without EA sports hockey league. I think that's an absolute no, but I, I, we don't play hot. So we wouldn't mind. Yeah. I mean, get that shit out of the game. I don't think it's enjoyable at all. I, I don't know why people enjoy playing it. If, if you enjoy playing it, tell me why. So I can tell you you're wrong. Cause it is just flat out. Not fun. Uh, get rid of that shit. Focus on everything else. Cause it would make the game much more enjoyable. But at the end of the day, Oh, microtransactions are gone. If you're that worried about it, fucking throw microtransactions in world shell where you can just buy hats and shit. Yeah. I, I think that maybe it's a gambling thing, which I'm surprised why you don't like it anymore. Cause you're an impulsive gambler, but that's I, so cap. <laughs> I was an impulsive gambler. Cause <laughs> a lot of people like opening the packs and they're like, Oh, did I get the Charizard? Or whatever it is. Did I did I get the Crosby? And a lot of the times it's absolutely not. No, you did not. Uh, I wasted too much money on it through NHL 13 and NHL 14. So I had no interest in going back to it. Especially because I had someone steal my Eric Carlson. I was just a kid, so I didn't know. He said he was going to duplicate it for me. That was not the case. I got it stolen. I was heartbroken. Never went to hut ever again. Yeah, it happens to the best of us. Been, been there, done that. H- had a concussion when I was a, a young guy. Fell, fell for it a little bit too. Got got debated on that. So that that, do, that does suck. Um, I don't think that shit happens anymore. I've never heard that really happening anymore. But regardless, like the the point where HUD is now, there's just so much. So many packs are coming out. So many special editions where like it's just not enjoyable. I loved the original like like NHL like twelve HUD. I loved that HUD. Um, there wasn't too many special edition cards. It wasn't too crazy. Uh, you could play offline with with your hot team, just like um, nothing. Like you can still play offline now, but like there was just like you could just do a regular play. Now it wasn't like challenge weird type things. It, it was it was a lot more fun than current hot, I think. Also, the challenges and collections, I think, were just better in the older games. Yeah. And people may tell me I'm wrong, and I guess that's understandable because the hot community has always been saying, "Oh, we want more, we want more." But now that you got more, is it everything you ever wanted? Because when I look at a similar comparison in Call of Duty Zombies, we always wanted more, wanted more. And then we got to the Black Ops 3 and Black Ops 4 system where you had your gobble gums. Black Ops 4, you didn't even have your original perks. I just totally fell off when I came to Caught Zombies. I wanted more until I got more, and then I realized this is not what I actually wanted. So I'm interested, is that what... Uh, hut players were thinking were they wanting more wanting more than they finally got it and went oh shit I, I wish i could go back yeah it's definitely possible you know that's not something i have an answer for because obviously i don't i don't play hut too much nowadays uh it, it definitely could be 
because I you know I, I echo some same sentiments just across games. It definitely there's a point where just too much change has happened, where it just it's not the same game anymore. Um, so you know that could be happening. I don't know. There's still so many people play hot though. I feel like it's if it has happened, hasn't been drastic enough yet. Yeah. Any hockey ultimate team players out there listening, let us know what your thoughts are on that. But that's gonna do it for this episode. We're gonna go to hockey name of the day. Um, is that gonna be a silent S? I wonder. I'm gonna go with Banas. Banas. Yeah, we'll go Banas, Andre Yaukos, Yauskas, Andre Yauskas, uh, Andre Benash, uh, Andre Benash. Okay, that's my guess. Benash, Andrauskas, Andrauskas, Andre Yauskas. Okay, whatever. Benash, Andre Yauskas. So you're kind, you're kind of there. Um, but yeah, our boy Benash. Here's what I can tell you about him. He's 15 years old from Switzerland. And he had eight points through eight games in the U15 league last year in Switzerland. Got nothing about his height. Got nothing about his weight. Got nothing about the city he's from. I do actually know he's born March 23rd. Uh, I think it's my cousin's birthday. Funny enough. Um, nice. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's really what I got on the dude. Uh, just happened to be strolling in and say, oh, this one's interesting. Let's see what about him. Oh, nothing. Great. This works. Well, a 15-year-old's name stumping me really isn't that big of a deal because <laughs> it happens way too often here on Hockey Name of the Day. But good for him. Will we ever see him in the big leagues? I would guess not if you don't know anything about him at 15. Yeah, I mean, he he's an 06 in Switzerland, so it's not like impossible. You know, eight points through eight games. The U15 is a solid. We'll see what he does in the U17s this year. He could be someone just to keep an eye on just for the hell of it. Uh, he might he might end up being, you know, a decent Swiss player, but like not an NHLer. Got to keep an eye on it because he is on hockey name of the day. So Got to keep up to date with him, see what happens. But that's going to do it for this episode. Chase, lead us out with an outro. All right, as always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon, you know, you can check us out over there. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, you can do that at Bolts Broadcast. If you want to f- follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet, that's at HockeyPodNet. While we're at it, you can follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. You can get your hockey talk, football talk, and everything you need between those three channels. So make sure you go check them out. Turn on to read notifications. Go to the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. Find all the podcasts network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, this, we've got some blogs over there as well. You might as well check those out while, you know, killing some time at work or, you know, whatever you're, you're doing, waiting for the, for the next football game, the hockey game, or whatever the hell's going on to start. When you know, just sit at, sit at home, go read some blogs. We, we got some fun stuff to read. Wherever listening, though, if you could raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, you know, we'd really appreciate it. Whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.